0: just lift our hands and magnify the Lord for a few moments. Just love Him. Wherever you are, those of you that are home, just lift your hands right now in your home and begin to magnify the Lord. give Give Him some praise and give Him some honor. He is great and greatly to be praised. Lord, we magnify You. We lift You up. We honor You today. You are so awesome. You are so great. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, praise singers. And that song that you just sang is actually what it's all about. If he wasn't alive, we'd be wasting our time having church tonight. But because he's alive, because he lives, because he's no longer in the grave, we preached about it Sunday. But that's not just the Easter Sunday message. Amen. That's not the only time we talk about Jesus and the grave and the cross and even the birth. We don't just talk about the birth of Jesus during Christmas time. And um, we talk about him all the time because he's worth talking about. He's worth mentioning every day of our lives. There's nothing you can get on your lips that has any more power than the precious name of Jesus Christ. Loving Him and praising Him and giving Him honor. Amen. We're just thrilled that you've uh, tuned in tonight. I'm proud my uh, praise singers are here. and Give me somebody to preach to. I know some of you are thinking, Boy, this is hard on me. Having to be at home by myself and uh, listen to this. And it's not like regular church. Well, it's hard on me too. I've only got five, six, seven people here tonight that I'm preaching to. And a couple times it's been less than that. So it's hard on me too. I mean, just think of all this talent. Uh, You know, if it wasn't recorded, I'd think I'd be spending all that energy for six people. But you know what? It would be worth it if it was just you six here. Because y'all are very special people, and I mean that with all my heart. In fact, all of you are. All of you that are watching in are very special. Uh, you're good people. And I was thinking of the Lord today in my studies several times. I stopped and thought. And in my prayer today, I began to thank God for a faithful church. And uh, without you being faithful, we wouldn't have much of a church. But thank God for your faithfulness. I want to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. And I don't want Wade to get too comfortable without posting my scripture. I kept waiting today for him to send me a text. He always texts me and says, Do you have anything for me tonight? And I'll send him a, a verse and a title. And we haven't been doing this during this time, but I don't want you to get too comfortable, Wade. Uh, When we get back to having church, you come back and do that. I like that. I like having my scripture posted. I want to say thank you to Brother Andrew for helping us at home, uh, running the um, FaceTime Live, Brother Gary running the sound. They have been very faithful during all of this. And without them, you wouldn't have me. And if you didn't have me, uh, you might be happy, you might be sad. I don't know, it just depends on the what you think. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then verse 11, he, he says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I want to go back to verse 10. I want to read that verse again. It said, Finally, my brethren, and notice this, be strong in the Lord and in the power, not your power, not your strength, not your wisdom, not your abilities, but in His might. I feel like we're living in one of those times that we need to adapt this scripture passage to our lives. I truly believe we're living in some of those hard times right now. Everybody say, hard times. And the times are a little tough. But I've heard it all my life when the times get tough, the tough get going. And I think we need to be tough in our spirit to allow our flesh and the devil and the world to understand, yeah, things are different. We're not having that fact. We know that. Things are different. And we're not sure how long it will be. But this one thing that I am sure of is I have a strong God And I have power because of his might. His power and his might makes me strong because I can lean on him during these times of trouble that I'm living in. I don't guess I've ever in my lifetime I I turned 70 June a year ago. Well, it'd be this year I'll be 71, so it was June whatever many months it were 10 months ago I don't think I've ever seen times like this I've never in my lifetime had to deal with anything like we're dealing with right now and most of you are the same way and be, believe it or not we're making it and we're making it pretty good oh it's not an ideal situation It's not anything that any of us would say, let me do that, Lord. Let me go through that. I don't think any of us would volunteer to be in this situation that we're in, but we're there. We are there, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it. But you know, I think we're coming through it pretty good. The church is still alive, and I knew that before. Before we ever went through anything, I knew the church was going to be all right because Jesus tells us emphatically the gates of hell may prevail against the church, but it's going to stand, it's going to to be strong, it's built on the rock, not a rock, but the rock, Christ Jesus. And because of that, I can say tonight, put a smile on your face. Get joy in your heart because the Lord is still in control of our world. You know, we've always believed this. We've always said it. We've always said God's in control. God knows everything. God has the whole world in his hand. We've believed that and said it all of our lives. And now that we're in something, folks, we ought to believe it stronger than we've ever believed it before. Somebody ought to be excited about what I'm saying here tonight. God is on the throne, and you're going to be okay. You're going to come through all of this and if we will just hang in there and do our best in our relationship, we're going to come through this better than we were before we went in it. Some of you are going to be stronger than you've ever been in your life and I truly believe that. You can be seated. I believe that right now the members of Life Church are starting to understand what it means to be strong. We have not been able to have our regular services together and all of our great family and friends and fellowship and most of all going out to eat together. Oh, it's just, I I miss that. I miss those great times. Brother Little Phil called me today and said, Can you and your wife meet us down at Aspen Creek for lunch? I said, Sure can. I'll be there, but they're not going to let us in. And we miss that. I miss going out with my friends and going out with church members and taking uh, guests out to eat that come and visit our church. We have to depend on what we can get from our Facebook Live and our own relationship and experience that we have with God. We have to pray at home now. We have to read our Bibles at home. We have to worship at home. And if you're not strong, you're not probably going to be doing these things. Only strong people will survive spiritually during the hard times. We are definitely in hard times right now. You can make it. If you really want to. You can keep that smile on your face and the joy of the Lord in your heart and the victory in your will if you really want to. Somebody say, I want to. I want to have that joy in my heart. I want to be excited. I want to have that zeal and enthusiasm. And I say to you, if you really mean that and you really want that, you can have it in the middle of the greatest storm we've ever been in. This is one of those times that you must be strong and encourage yourself in the Lord. We've heard that preached all of our lives. I preached a number of messages about encouraging yourself. I think a year or so ago, I preached on encouragement jumper cables, and I actually brought some jumper cables up here. And I said, you know what? If you will get plugged in, you can clamp onto somebody else and encourage them. Just like a battery. If you got a low battery, somebody with a charged up battery can get you charged up. And somebody that's encouraged uh, can encourage someone that's discouraged. So I say tonight... If you're home and you're discouraged about all of these restrictions and you're you're feeling cabin fever and you're feeling like, I don't know how much more I can take, I'm telling you, get plugged up to the jumper cables. Uh, Encourage yourself in the Lord because you can make it, but you're going to have to be strong. I'm not asking you to start a great exercise program to build up your muscles Even though I'm sure that would help all of us, you know. I'm asking you to be strong, not in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. If I've got a title for this lesson tonight, it is just a simple thought, Be Strong in the Lord. This is one of those times that we get to see how strong we really are. But it is also a time to see how strong that God really is. Don't forget to believe in Him. I want to say that again. I said don't forget to believe in God. Don't forget to pray to Him. And ask Him for the things that you have need of. Pray that God will keep your job. Ask Him to keep your job. And if for some reason it doesn't happen, then say, all right, God, give me another one. You have to ask Him. Ask Him to keep you and your family well. Somebody needs to start praying over yourself. Plead the blood over your family. Start saying, God, I'm asking for your protection over our church and our family and our friends. And if you have needs tonight, take them to the Lord and remind him that you have been faithful with your tithes and offerings. And you have been faithful to church. You have been faithful with your worship. You have loved him and you've kept him number one in your life. Hey, it worked for Hezekiah. Hezekiah. He reminded God of his faithfulness and God had sent him a prophet that said get your house in order. You're about to die. But Hezekiah began to pray and he began to remind God of how his faithfulness had been in his life and God stopped the prophet and he said I'm going to withdraw that warning that you gave him just a short time ago and I'm going to turn you around with another the message. Uh, Go back and tell Hezekiah that he's going to have 15 more years to live. You say, well, that's not a lot of time, what it is if you're dying. A lot of people like to have 15 years. I know I would. I'd like to have a a knowledge that I'd have 15 years from today. (laughs) That means I'd be 85 when I die. I'd love to know that. Don't be afraid to remind God that He adopted you. (laughs) Don't be afraid to say, God, you adopted me. You took on, you took me in, and I took on your name, and now I am one of your children. James 14 14 says, If we shall ask anything, in thy name he said i will do it john 15 and 7 says if you abide in me and my words abide in you notice that the lord is telling i'll do what i say i'll do but you're going to have to abide in me and abide in my words if you want the blessings A lot of people want the blessings, but they don't want to abide. They want God to pour out blessings and and give them good health and lots of money and and all the blessings of life, but they don't want to adhere to what God is telling us to do in the Word of God. Looking back at the way we did things when I was a child, it's hard to believe that I lived as long as I lived. As children, we would ride in cars with no seat belts or airbags. I mean, you guys all wear them now. You wouldn't think about putting a kid in a car without a, a nice car seat, all strapped in. We never had one when I was a kid. We had no airbags whatsoever. My brother and I would argue who was going to lay up on the wind behind the the back seat up on that window. I mean, you just like a rocket, a bullet. When if you ever Hit your brakes real hard, you just just come flying off that back window. We used to argue who was going to ride up there. We were always riding in the back of pickup trucks going fast, sitting on the edge of the bed or sitting on a toolbox. We never thought anything about it. Our baby cribs were painted with bright colored red-based, lead-based paint, and a lot of times we chewed on it. And probably ingested some of that paint. That may be what's wrong with some of our brains. We had no child-proof cabinets and doors to keep us from all the chemicals that moms used for cleaning. We had no child-proof lids on the medicine bottles. And we made it through that time. We rode our bikes. We had no headlights or taillights or helmets, we drank water from the garden hose, we ate moon pies, honey buns, and rock candy, white bread covered in butter, and we drank Cokes and Dr. Pepper like it was living water, we were always outside playing, riding our bikes all over the neighborhood, and had no adults standing there watching over us and every move that we made. We would shoot rocks at each other and marbles with slingshots, and we never had eye protection. We played dodgeball, and sometimes a ball would hit you in the head, and you'd feel like it was a concussion, especially when it would slam you against the wall. We had little league tryouts, and not everyone made the team. And those who didn't had to learn how to deal with those disappointments of not making the team. Some students weren't as smart as others, so they failed a grade. The government didn't pass them. Even if they failed, they were held back and had to repeat the same grade over next year. Our generation has produced some of the great, greatest risk takers and problem solvers in my generation because we found out the hard way. You have to do some things over and over and over until you get it. We had our failures and our successes and our responsibilities, and we learned how to deal with all of it. You had to know how to fight and be strong because the bullies would run over you if you were too weak to stand up to them. Many people choose just to be strong in their own, own, their own selves. They want to be in control and they want to do their own thing. They pride themselves on being self-made person. So they think that they can do anything. But in reality, none of us are self-made. We do some things in life to improve ourselves, and that's great. But we're not self-made. Every one of us here tonight, all of those of you that are listening, we are all God-made, not self-made. God made us in the, with certain abilities and talents and we may choose to develop those talents or we may choose to ignore them. If a weightlifter in competition has any strength, it's because of building up his muscles and body. Uh, for the purpose of the competition, but he doesn't wait until the day of the competition to start the process. He starts way in advance before he needs those muscles, uh, building them up, uh, using uh, the the different weights to build those muscles and drinking the protein uh, in order to get the results that he's looking for. It's the same thing in living for God. Honey, you don't wait until you get in a dilemma. You don't wait until you get in trouble to start, turning to God. You don't start asking God for help when you've fooled around and ignored Him for years and years and years and all of a sudden you're in a dilemma and you want God to show up and, and do great things for you. Uh, we must condition ourselves uh, and, and we must... Uh, prepare ourselves uh, before the crisis ever comes. And as believers, we must condition ourselves to know our abilities, uh, and that's good, to know our strength and our abilities. But it's more important that we know about God's abilities, uh, His strength uh, and His power and His might, because I am limited uh, in everything that I do. But when I'm talking about the God That I serve. He is not limited in anything. He can do anything that needs to be done. He's all powerful and almighty, and He always shows up on time. The only thing He won't ever do to you is lie to you. Paul said, finally, my brethren, after all these things that you have been taught, you've heard, you've learned as believers in Christ to wrap it all up, to bring it to its full meaning, to completely understand that which you have been taught. If you don't learn anything else, learn this, be strong in the Lord and in his power and his might. In the text, Paul was trying to get us to understand how to be strong in the Lord. Paul desired us to understand that we are weak and God is strong. And until we realize God is strong and we're weak, we tend to live Christianity backwards. We tend to live as if God needs us, not the other way around. We need God. We tend to believe God needs my time my talent, my treasures in order for the kingdom of God to survive. And we can even believe that God depends on us far more than we depend upon Him because He just couldn't make it without me and my abilities. But if God's not impressed by the biggest of the big and the baddest of the bad and the bragging of the braggest and the baddest of the bad guys on this earth, he's certainly not going to be all that impressed with my and your puny little efforts, is he? God is not impressed with how much money I accumulate. God is not impressed with the, the richest men of our world. Uh, God gets no glory out of men accumulating wealth, especially if they don't use it for things that really matter. Adrian Rogers tells about the man that bragged. One day he was bragging. He said, I just want you all to know, and he pulled out his pocket knife and he said, I just cut off the, the tail of a man eating lion with just my pocket knife. Someone asked him, well, why didn't you cut off the lion's head? The man replied, somebody else had already done that. Sometimes we act like we're cool. We act like we're bad. We want to impress people that I've got it all together, but honey, We don't have it all together. He's got it all together. Without him in control, I'm going to do nothing but make a mess of my life. I want God to be in control of my life. And when we pray, we need to ask him, God, would you take the reins? Would you take the steering wheel? Would you take the controls of my life? And would you lead me down the path that you would have me to go? Because I'm willing to follow you. A work crew had been working at a construction site for almost a week when the company had to hire a new man to replace a man who had been hurt the day before. He was a broad-shouldered, powerful young man, and he was a good worker, but he was also very annoying. He was always bragging that he was stronger than anybody else, at the work site, and he especially made fun of one older workman. Finally, the older man had enough and he said, Sonny boy, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? I'll bet you a week's wages that I can haul something in a wheelbarrow over to that building and you won't be able to wheel it back. The boy smiled and said, You're on, old man let's see what you got the old man reached out and grabbed the wheelbarrow by the handles then he nodded to the young man he said all right sonny boy come over here and get in the wheelbarrow you just lost a a week's wages because i can haul you over there but you can't push yourself back you know, sometimes we think we got it all figured out. We, we want to we impress people. Hey, honey, if you're going through something right now and it's hard time, you don't have to cover it up. You don't have to hide. You don't have to camouflage it like everything's all right. If things are not going good, just say, hey, things are not going good. But don't get down in the dumps and stay in the dumps. You need to rise up and say this. I may be down right now, but with God, things are fixing to change. It may not be going like I want it to go, but with God, things are fixed to be different. It may not. I may not have what I want. I may not need what I need. But I'm telling you, with God, everything's fixed to change because he is in control of my life. That young man typifies much of how the world thinks about life. The world believes that power and wealth and position are all you need in this life. The world believes in the survival of the the fittest, that the man with the most might, the most money, always wins. And that may be true until you go to the Scripture. And when you go to the Scripture and you open up the book, of the bible everything changes time after time in the scripture you find a little guy beating the big guy you have moses walking into the court of the most powerful ruler of the day and his only thing that he had in his hand was a walking stick a rod but he had a message to tell that king of what God had told him was going to happen. I don't guess I've ever read of anybody more hard-headed than that king was. Pharaoh was the most hard-hearted man I've ever read about in the kingdom of God. He couldn't tell the truth for anything. Every time it would get bad and it looked like Things were going to keep getting worse. Pharaoh would humble himself and ask Moses to remove the curse. Moses would remove the curse, and he would say, All right, now I'm asking you to do what God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh would harden his heart. Go read it. Every time after every curse, there were ten of them, Pharaoh hardened his heart after every one of those curses, those plagues, and he would never humble himself, he would never yield, but only for a moment, and that's to get the curse off of him. I'm going to tell you, you can't live for God that way. You cannot live for God right now while the curse is on us. And say, oh God, I'll do this and I'll do that, I want to be close to you, I want to, I want to love you more than ever before. I, I just can't wait to get back to church. And then all of a sudden, we come up with some kind of answer to this virus, and whether it's a vaccination or a pill you can take or or whatever the answer is, and we finally get under control, and you come back to church, and if you sit there like a knot on a log and don't worship God, and you sit there and go back into that same rut, I say shame on you. Shame on us if we would fall back in that same old rut just like Pharaoh did after he got uh, the curse off, after he got the, the the hardship off, after he got the problem solved, he wanted to go right back to living the same old way. And I'm praying that through this time that our church will get strong inside of us in our minds in our spirit that when we come back we do not fall back in a rut and and just come to church and and have it like it's always been i'm ready for this church to be alive and awake and have revival on our mind have soul winning on our mind have people in our heart i want us to be have a passion towards souls and love the things that god loves you have an experienced, inexperienced leader by the name of Gideon with only 300 men when it's all said and done. He started off with 10,000. The Lord had to get rid of some of them that were fearful and goes through the process and ends up with about 300 men. And he goes against the Midianite army. And I read one place today, they estimated about 135,000 Midianite soldiers I don't know about you, that just kind of puts chills up my backbone to think of 300 men going against 100,000. It would be like, you know, us and our church going against the whole city of Tyler. that'd be awful. That'd be, that would be scary. And this man, this man, was not the perfect example of being godly, being full of faith and trust. He was scared. And I know some of you may be scared tonight. You may be wondering about our future. And I will just tell you, I've talked to the Lord and He said He's still in control. I've had conversations with the Lord and he let me know that he's still in control. He's still on the throne. He still knows what he's doing. He doesn't have amnesia and he doesn't have dementia. He does not have Alzheimer's. He is in control like he's always been. And Gideon was a. Afraid so much that he wanted to fleece the Lord. He wanted the angel of the Lord to do some miracles to prove that God was for him. And God did all those miracles and he still didn't want to go. That sounds like some of us, doesn't it? I want to be used of God, but man. You know, sometimes we struggle with what God wants us to do. Because it's not all laid out in black and white. The steps are not on the path that we're to follow, and there's not a GPS telling us when to make the turns. And so we get kind of fearful. Gideon went out with that army, and as it decreased and got down to 300 men, I don't know what went through that man's mind, but I know he was afraid. Because the Lord told him, I want you to go tonight and visit the Midianite army. I want you to go down where they live, and I want you to spy and see what's going on. And the Lord said, if you're fearful, take your armor bearer. The next verse says, Gideon and his armor (laughs) bearer. So he told me he was afraid. He didn't want to go by himself, and I can understand that. But when Gideon went down there, he got up close to a tent and he heard someone say, your time is up. (laughs) He heard someone say that I had a dream and I dream a big, huge monster of a, a barley cake came rolling out of the mountain, rolled through our camp. And his buddy said, oh my God. He said, that was the army of Gideon. I've already heard he's coming. And they were so afraid that when they blew those trumpets and when they broke those pitchers and those lights, it looked like a great army was on top of those mountains round about them. It put so much Fear in them that those Midianites began to kill and fight with each other. They were so fearful that they couldn't even get their eyes open enough to see that they were killing their own men. And basically Gideon just had to follow them until late in the evening some more help came and they finished him off and all they had to do was pick up the spoils. You have a shepherd boy by the name of David going into battle against a hardened soldier nine feet six inches tall. A jet with nothing more than a slingshot and five stones. Again and again in the scripture, the little guy always wins against the big man. And I'm telling you tonight the church is going to be victorious and we're going to win through this. I don't know what's going on. I am not a prophet, the son of a prophet. I don't know. God hadn't told me any answers. I can't prophesy to you and tell you when it's going to get better or what's going to happen. But I can tell you this thing that God is in control. And if we'll just Put him where he needs to be and have be strong in him and his might. Not be strong in my abilities and my education and what I have learned and know and practiced, but put my strength in him. Realize in my heart and my mind that God is strong and powerful and mighty. It is he that's in control, and we are his church. And he's already told us the church is going to be victorious. So don't be afraid. Everybody say it. Don't be afraid. God's in control. Come on, say it. God's in control. And if God's in control, we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry. God bless you where you stand. I appreciate you coming tonight. Appreciate you. Tuning in to all you wonderful people that are listening. I know this is different, but I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be strengthened. I want you to lift up your voice to the Lord. I want you to rejoice in these times. I want you to encourage yourself. I want you to feel good. I want you to feel the joy of the Lord. I want you to be happy. Everybody say, I want to be happy. Tell the Lord, I want to be happy during this time. And let's come through this with victory. When we do get back, I, I don't want to spend all of our time encouraging everybody and getting the uh, long faces off of us and the sad looks and the defeated uh, syndrome, defeatism. I, I don't want any of that. I want us to come back with total victory and joy because he is powerful and mighty. And I'm sad, I'm so glad that I know that today. I've known that all my life. My mother and dad put that in me when I was a child in my Sunday school in my home church in Oil City. They taught me that when I was a little child to put my trust in the Lord. And I'm just telling you, I do have my trust in the Lord. You say, is everything 100%? No. There's some of it 99 and 9 tenths (laughs) percent. Everything's not 100%, but I'll tell you what, I'm happy in Jesus if you're happy in Jesus, I want you to give him a hand, clap of praise. All of you at home, give him some praise. Let him know how much you love him. Amen. Come back and be with us Sunday morning. And we're just excited for you to show up and be there at church. And Sunday morning, we'll be coming to you again live. Tune in at 1030. God bless you. Love you very much. And we'll see you Sunday.